From Slickback Studios headquarters in Brooklyn, New York, Mike Coscarelli, Matt Lajeski, and Adam Foster are The Sports Group. All sports, all men, all right. Sponsored by Falstaff Beer, America's favorite beer for the drive home. And we're back in the last place on earth where men can be men. I, of course, am talking about the fist bumping, pulse pumping, cock sucking, motherfucking sports group. I am your host, Mike Coscarelli, joined, as always, in Chicago by Matt Lajeski. Hello, Matt. Hey, you know, as you can see, it's a beautiful day in June here in Chicago. As uh, you can see, I'm wearing a sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> lovely, lovely day. <laughs> Chicago rules. Uh, and in San Diego, California, we've got Adam Foster. Adam, how you doing? Yo, what's up? Mike, how many? I can't wait until you start trying to fit more words into the intro, the opening. Yeah, I wanted to see how good you could get with that. I didn't have the energy last week because I was still getting over the the sinus infection. But um, it takes a lot of energy, right? It does. Yeah, you got to you got to get. <laughs> it sets the tone for the whole conversation that we're about to have. It really does. And if you don't bring the energy, then it, you know everything is going to be flat, and we don't want to come out flat. God forbid. God forbid. Um, excuse me. I just burped into the microphone. We're all drinking Spindrift tonight. That's it's right. It's almost like for- they're sponsoring the show. It's almost like they're going to be a future friend of the show. Oh, we would I mean, love- and we're all drinking the same kind. I know. Isn't that nice? <laughs> How wholesome. Oh, we might be so in delicious. different cities, you know, but in spirit, we are forever together. And we can all enjoy a tasty, delicious, refreshing spindrift, lemon lime. Oh, mm. Love it so much. Made with real fruit juice. Wow. Yes, that's right. <laughs> we, we really are just selling spindrift now. Three <laughs> percent. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube, let's be honest, none of the stuff's on YouTube yet. But I got the Subway series on behind me uh, as we open the show every week, talking about the the local sports teams. Yankees and Mets are playing each other tonight, and boy, I'll tell you, as we are recording this show and the game is on behind me, it's been a real shit show of a game, hasn't it, boys? It's the kind Describe. of game we all like to see. What do you what? mean by shit show, right? What Back and I mean? forth. A lot of action. It's like there's a couple types of good baseball games. A pitcher's duel is good. Yeah. You know, a game when there's very good hits, very good plays. That's the best kind of game. But then there's games like this. Sloppy. Yep. Nasty. <laughs> yep. Back mm. and forth. Yep. Dirty. Mm-hmm. No one feels good after. Not even the winners. Yep. Yeah. We've all uh, been what we're watching right now. It really is tough, man, because uh, as 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 you know, listeners, uh, my dad and I text back and forth basically every day about the Mets um, and immediately in in the first inning when Stanton hits the home run, it was like, uh oh, here we go. Adam also had forgotten that Stanton had hit a home run. 
before we started recording, Adam goes, Stanton's really got to get it going. <laughs> Meanwhile, I wasn't he, watching he the game. I didn't know. I didn't check with the, the box score. <laughs> He's been on base like three times tonight. Uh, but my dad had sent me a text and was just, uh, was like, uh, I said, I, I thought the Mets are going to get, to get swept, to be honest. After the Mets took a four run, uh, they scored four runs in the in the bottom of the first inning. My dad said they probably will. It's only the second inning. Plenty of time for them to blow it. And then Scherzer started blowing it, pitching horribly. And the other texts started coming in. Scherzer is horrible. He should give back that money for his contract. <laughs> now he can't even make it through four innings without getting smacked around. It does look like the end for Max Scherzer. The Mets, I do think, will get swept by the Yankees. They're losing right now uh, 7-6. That will just continue this slide into to hell uh, for all Mets fans this year, this team is shaping up to be, in my opinion, uh, through this part of the season, the worst Mets team uh, I've seen in a decade, probably, mm. maybe longer. They are as bad. You think worst or most disappointing? Yeah, good Both. point. Because those are, yeah. I mean, what's the difference? The most disappointing worst. is an example of. What's, what they had a lot of promise. You thought they were going to be good, and they just freaking didn't live anywhere up to that. They were just kind of mediocre, whereas the worst team is still going to be the Oakland A's this right. year. They're still the worst team of the year. Well, and they might end up being one of the worst teams ever. But, right. <laughs> I mean. But that's what I'm saying. They're just like, they're like, the Oakland A's this year are like the what the Cleveland Indians were in that movie. Major that League. Charlie Sheenishin, Major League. That's yeah. literally what the Oakland A's is. And what yeah. would be fucking amazing, by the way, is if they fucking won the championship and they documented that whole season. And the this A's? was just all a big fuck around. Yeah, how sick would that be now that yeah. I'm thinking about it? That would be Moneyball. That would really be Moneyball. Like, for real. That would be the coolest thing ever. If they just, like, figured out how to build a team that was only good for the playoffs or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it would be, it would be awesome. I mean, like, at this point... Seeing a really bad team make a serious run um, would be awesome. Um, I would love for that team to be the Mets, but I just don't believe it. I think that Scherzer's cooked. I think Verlander's looked like mediocre at best, certainly not worth that contract that they gave him. And this is what happens when you buy, you know, you, you take two of the oldest pitchers, even, you know, two Hall of Famers, they're future Hall of Famers for sure, but. You take those two guys off the market and give them all that money. It's like, what are you expecting? Uh, well, best case scenario, they pitch well enough to like kind of carry the team, I guess. But they've been terrible. I think, I think this is just signs that Steve Cohen is a new owner, right? Because he came into the league hot. He's got all this money. And you think, oh, yeah. And he's a fucking hedge fund manager. Like, what does he really know about the ins and outs of baseball? And mm-hmm. I think now we're starting to see that, like, just because you're a fan of the game and you have a ton of money doesn't mean you could just buy the best team. You have to be a little bit more strategic about it. And he's made some bad decisions with contracts, right? Like oh. Lindor was not a good contract. Every, almost every contract he signed has been meh. They've all been bad. Um, Overpaid. Yeah. Lindor hasn't made an all-star team as a Met. Um, he's probably not going to do it this year. Um The Marte contract's been bad. I mean, this whole, and obviously the pitchers have been horrible. Scherzer, they have him for two more years after this, and he looks terrible. The Yankees crushed him tonight, and the Yankees have been in the middle, midst of this like horrible slide. Right? How have you guys been? Have 
how have you guys felt about watching the Yankees over the last like like week? So they put a stat on the TV um, before, like at some point in the game, and it was the Yankees with Judge and the Yankees without Judge, and the record is you know completely skewed in favor of when Judge is playing. The Yankees are so much better, obviously, of course, and the Yankees score two more runs a game on average when Judge is in the lineup. That just shows you how good of a player he is, and like that's what an MVP could do for a team. I mean, that guy really does make such a difference when he's playing. So give me one second. I'm just gonna look up Aaron Judge's war. <laughs> <laughs> we need to know, Matt. And yeah, right there, uh it's a two point three war in uh twenty twenty three. Oh, through, you know how much we how, love war. How many games have they played? Uh, they are, what, 39 and 29, something like that? Well, 2022, what was his total war? Or does war only go up? Does it add no. up? It doesn't does anybody know how cumulative works? Over, over career? Like Aaron Judge war 2022. His war was 37. Damn. So it must go up as the season goes on. I guess. <laughs> Aaron Judge war in 2022, 37. But that's nothing in comparison to friend of the show, Mike Trout, whose war was 82.4. Right. How is that? <laughs> how is that possible? Because it's a stat invented to make Mike, Tr- Mike Trout go right to the Hall of Fame. It really is. Every what time, the fuck? Anytime we look at war, they I don't even get They barely get 84 wins. You know what I'm saying? That makes no fucking sense. What do you but mean? You That's how what? many more wins he got. So you're saying if they replace someone else in, se- in, in center field, Mike Trout they someone would win else? two games. Then, yeah, they never win. They'd be 0 and 163. Or, what the fuck? Maybe. They'd be two and one sixty without Mike Trout, according to sportskeeda.com. I mean, it's such a stupid statistic. I and I cannot believe that there are people that like take it seriously as a way to grade players. It's so bad. They just need more stats because if it's like anything, you know, how the stock market profits have to always go up. They cannot if it's quarter over quarter, if it's stagnant, that's looked at as a failure. Well, guess what? If we don't invent a new stat in sports, if we don't have something new to talk about, a new way to frame somebody's career or whatever, what are you you're just going to go by home runs and RBIs and batting average? Huh, what does that tell you? <laughs> right. The thing that we've loved right. for, for 100 years in the sport. <laughs> we need to consolidate. There needs to be one single reason that defines who the best player in the sport is. No other measure. We can't use any other type of way to measure it. So anyway, ridiculous. boys. So I, I put something in, in, in the doc, or we, I talked about it in the group, and I am curious what you think, because I think it's a genuinely good idea. It doesn't make sense to me why it's not at least talked about more often and why the MLB hasn't made a change. And th- this, is so, regarding, this is regarding Aaron Judge's... This injury. is regarding Aaron Judge running into the wall, and now he's got a sprained right toe. Right. And my question is, why the fuck are these walls still so goddamn hard? Why? Uh, why? Is there any... I mean, is there, there's no, listen, I don't know shit about walls or padding, but I, (laughs) there's gotta be some kind of fucking science out there that 
make that that's better than the padding that they have in place currently. I, I like doesn't there have to be something and it making the uh, wall softer wouldn't hurt the game, would it? Are, are the walls supporting like uh I mean I guess they'd say like usually a beam is a supporting beam. Do walls have believe, to be I don't think they're structural, you know? Okay. I, I don't know that they're really supporting much other than it's a barrier themselves. Yeah, they're they're pretty much a barrier. Um, put some fucking jelly padding on the wall. <laughs> Why are people still stubbing their toe on this goddamn thing? Well, yeah, yeah I they don't said, know. It's a good point. They said at Dodger Stadium, uh, the bottom of the of the fence is concrete, uh, which is what he Who, hit. His whose toe idea on. was that? <laughs> concrete <laughs> is too much. That's too hard, honestly, for a, for a wall. Yeah. A wall that guys will absolutely be running into. Uh, Right. This isn't news. (laughs) You know, it's not like the game was invented yesterday and they're like, you know, uh, we should probably make that wall out of some softer shit now that I've seen it play out a couple times. This is the game's 100 fucking years old. People have been breaking their necks against this wall for a century at this point. Let's let's make a change. I've got an idea. I've got an idea maybe even to go the other way, like counterintuitive, because if they're not going to make it softer, right? How can we because your goal is to get players to stop hitting the wall, right, Adam? Honestly, it's and, really only about judge for me. If they could <laughs> it's only yeah. impact a judge. Of maybe course. like every judge wall maybe every wall judge runs into has to be padded, and then they remove the padding. <laughs> it's like in, in pro wrestling when they really wanted to hurt a guy, they would take off the padding in the corner and then they would hit his head into it and he'd start bleeding. So you want them to do something like that, except when Judge is there, they keep the padding. But what about if instead of padding the wall more, each team could like spruce it up a bit? They'd have their own. They could choose their wall, right? So like some teams would have like a wall of spikes. Yes. Other teams could have a wall of fire. You know what I mean? So it's like you wouldn't want to get too close because if you did, not only would you get hurt, you might die. And then it would also make the sport a lot more uh, cool for social media. Well, dude, what about how? What about the huge home field advantage you have? Like, I do like that kind of thinking of like making home field advantage a much bigger advantage. Like the other team sets up traps that for you to like have to fucking avoid in the field. How fucking awesome would that be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be. Sometimes you could have a like dynamite under a base. Yeah, right, right, right. What are those landmines? (laughs) The guy just goes to catch the ball. (laughs) Fucking landmine. (laughs) He just disappears. You're like, oh, shit. Or or pitchers are running out into the bullpen before the game starts, and there's just a pack of wild dogs in the bullpen. (laughs) You got to fight them all. You don't know until you're you're there. (laughs) God damn. I hate going into Boston. They got those wild dogs in the bullpen. You never know. (laughs) They're always pulling some horse shit. Because back in the day, they did do things like that. Not quite to the extent, but like um, there's all these stories about specifically the Celtics that like Red Auerbach would um, like you'd go play the Celtics if you were an away team and he would kill all the hot water in the showers and he would like they would turn the air off in the in the summer when they were like playing in the playoffs. So you'd have to just like sit there in the fucking heat. So it's not quite as dangerous as having spikes coming out of the wall in right field. Well, and then what happened? Some fucking weenie came in and (laughs) started talking about sportsmanship. (laughs) It's not fair. Guys, why do we have to hurt each other? (laughs) 
<laughs> I think that'd be fun though. Having like having baseball be a little more like Mario Kart. Yeah, exactly. Video game it, you know, yeah. make it like uh, you get some power ups. There's some obstacles. There's some danger. Yeah. Why not? And, you know, what was that one that video game from back in the day? Mutant League or something like that? The NFL <laughs> Blitz, you know, they, probably. Yeah. I think those are to the same game. <laughs> they, had, they had they had MLB hits. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that yeah. was the shit. And then they had um Oh no, it was Slugfest. Hits was the hockey game. Slugfest. And then okay. they had the the basketball one, the NBA one, but it was street basketball. NBA Street, oh, NBA and street. That NFL yeah. Street. Yeah, that was a good one. Also. Yeah. yeah. NFL Street wasn't shit. as good. No. No, but the cool thing about uh the baseball game was that there the fighting was encouraged. And it mm-hmm. was like part of the game. You had like turbo meters so you could go punch somebody in the face and nice. they threw at you. Um and basically like you would you could I remember you could like you could punch guys off of the base. So like if a guy slid hard in the second, you could punch him and get him off the base and tag him and he would be called out. Yeah, I would I would support something like that. If we're not gonna go all the way with like fire and spikes and things like that, then we should at least have maybe the home team can have a couple rules that they get to call that, you know, you can't argue with. Like, yeah, we get to punch on first and third. Yeah. Or, <laughs> even I on like the baseline. That, yeah. or, or like even sillier, like we could smack you. Yeah. We, we get one slap. Guys, we're mm. fixing baseball and I love it. Absolutely. Um, we're here to help. Even even just well, because- Yankee Stadium, if if they had if they were able to uh do extra padding out in right field for judge, uh but then every half inning, the grounds crew comes out and takes that padding off. <laughs> they take it off. Like even if it's just it was it goes from padding, extra padding for Judge, back to concrete for like like uh, Anthony Santander. I think that would be that would be an improvement in the game. Jeez, he's not the- he's not scaling that concrete wall for that that home run. Hell's no. Yeah. Or they could have the Detroit Tigers could just let out a real tiger. Yeah. Yep. It's just the mascot. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, the mascot got on the field. What are you going to do? It's Detroit. They're gonna have, you know when they have those videos? You know when they have those replay videos of like the, the squirrel on the field? It'll be like, tiger on the field in Detroit. <laughs> and it's like eating one of the players. <laughs> I love it. All right. Anything else before we move on to the big, uh, our big lead here? Mm. No. Yeah, just uh, let's. If we're not going to get steroids back in the mix, let's uh, yeah. let's get some rule changes. Let's get some violence. Let's get some animals. You know, absolutely. Uh, well, boys, the NBA season it's finally over. How you feeling, Adam? <laughs> uh, I feel really indifferent. <laughs> I woke up I this it. morning and I felt the same way I felt the last almost thirty three years of my life. <laughs> Not thinking about the NBA. How do you feel, Matt, now that the Nuggets are the NBA champions? You know, I was rooting for a better series. I kind of was rooting for Miami just because the Butler storyline is kind of more intriguing. But I don't know. We might get into it because I'm a bit intrigued by the Jokic storyline. I'm not going to lie. As much as I've made fun of him for being a refugee and coming here illegally and all these other things... Um, I don't know. I'm I'm happy for him, even if he's not necessarily the happiest for him. 
But I don't know. The thing with uh, a series like we just watched, anticlimactic. You know what I mean? It's like Very. a seven-game series, when they're good, they're great. But when they're not great, it's kind of like, eh. I think I think it does solidify that Denver was far and away the best team this Mm-mm. year. I, think I, don't, I don't. You disagree with that? I mean, okay. They Every single team that we thought was supposed to be good, Denver just kind of made a mess out of. Well, in the West. But I think that uh, I, I don't think it's a Wasn't shame. the West much stronger than the East, though, this year? No. The East was stronger than the West. Now, in fairness, the Heat did take care of business. They completely overachieved, and Butler yeah. w- was played unconscious for three weeks, however long that, I mean, three weeks, three months, or however long the playoffs was. But, I mean, the Bucks would not have gotten bounced out that easily if Giannis didn't, like, break his back in the, the first game of that ser- the the um, the Bucks Heat series. So I kind of think we got robbed of a better finals because now granted you got to give credit to the heat. They did what they were supposed to do and they beat the teams in their way. But I don't know, man. I think, I think that that was the bucks title to lose and they, they lost it. But um, I think it never barreled through everyone barreled through them. No, I know, but I'm saying, I think that the bucks were so if, not to take anything away from Denver because I think if they weren't the best team, they were the second best team. I think one and two would have been Denver and Milwaukee. And I think that would have been like the if if the basketball gods had put the teams together, that would have been like a, a real slugfest of the finals. But unfortunately, you know, the Heat, you can only win games the way that they won games for so long. Um, yeah. And they kind of like ran out of magic and it sucks because it would have been great to see Jimmy get it. I think he deserves it the way he plays in the playoffs. He's such a motherfucker. Um, but the thing that's been bugging me about this, you know, if you've followed me on social media, you know that I have, I don't have great feelings about Jokic. Um, and I, I do think part of it like we were, we were kind of kidding around the first, the first episode or two that we did when we were talking about him being like Serbian and that's a reason to not like him or whatever. Like, in all seriousness, that's that's dumb. And like, uh, he's the he's probably the best player in the NBA at this point. I don't really know how he you is. Could, yeah, I mean, the only knock on him, I guess, is is defense. But he's so he affects the game so much that yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a non-issue with him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he does so much else. Yeah, that I don't know the the idea that oh, he's not the best two-way player. You know, I I don't really I don't generally hear anyone younger than Chris Russo make that argument. You know, yeah, but it's also kind of a dead thing. I think maybe a little bit, Matt. In fairness, but I mean that's also kind of one of the issues I think with with the NBA in general right now, which we'll we'll get into after we talk Jokic more a little more specifically. But this Jokic, this attitude that he has <laughs> about how he just doesn't give a fuck that he's like an NBA champion and he doesn't want to stay for the parade. He wants to go back and ride horses. It's driving me nuts. I heard there was a quote that came out today. I think he had talked to Malika Andrews um, in sort of like um like a wrap up interview. Um, and I think this is where this quote came from, but he had, he said something and I'm paraphrasing along the lines of, you know, he was asked about like why why are you acting so shitty about this whole fucking thing 
And she said it exactly like that, too. She said, why are you, Nikola Jokic, being such a shithead? And he said, <laughs> no, she no. didn't say that. Uh, I would but respect he, that. He said, he said uh, well, nobody likes going to work. And anybody that says that they like going to work is lying. Which is ridiculous. You play basketball for a living. It's not work. Uh, that's an interesting perspective. You don't am I I'm I'm wrong? You guys disagree? So I, think I think the wrong. way that he put it is actually the one of the only acceptable things. Like I was when you first quoted him and you talked about his attitude towards it cuz obviously I know nothing about this. I don't educate myself before the show. I thought that <laughs> Never, right. you know, right, like that he was an asshole. And then you give his he gives a reason. I'm like, damn, if that's how he looks at it, fuck, I got to respect it. But all right, so at what level does that philosophy not apply? That uh, I'm, I'm just at work and I hate being at work. Because if you are well, an accountant, it's fair to me. Yes. If you are, um, you know, if you are uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and he's like, man, I just fucking hate work, but I'm just like showing up for these stupid movies. Like, at a certain point, don't you say, like, well, hey, dude, why don't you stop making the movies? Because there's a million people on this planet that want to make the movies. And probably there's probably I know it's difficult to do it, but there's probably plenty of people that could also still do it. That's not you. Yes. When it comes to professional sports, I kind of am on Jokic's side here we have this we oh, kind of you live, guys are killing me no but here's the thing we live with this idea because we we played sports as kids and we had fun doing it i mean things in the world to do just to be average and then to be the absolute best which he is now right i mean there's there's almost nothing harder than that you know, maybe like being a soldier and going to war and not dying is maybe harder. I don't know. I haven't done it, but I don't know. I kind of I, I think his perspective. Well, yeah, that's very uncommon. It's nobody would be doing what professional athletes are doing if they only made one hundred thousand dollars. Right. Nobody would do it like nobody would put their body and their mind through the things that they do. The I don't pressure, think that's true. The physical abuse. I don't think anybody would be doing. Well, I guess you do have the WNBA, right? But, <laughs> um, but I said a hundred thousand, right? They, they but it's not less. the. But if it weren't, I, I. But I think what Matt's saying is that if it weren't for the imme- immense amount of money that you get paid for being a professional athlete, there's better jobs to. There's better options most people would have versus playing professional sports for a hunt for you know a regular person's salary $100,000 a year. Yeah. You guys are bugging out. You do you think you think people would rather have a regular job for $100,000 a year than play basketball for a living? No, I'm not saying regular. I'm saying owning, you know, some building some, you know, building something or like there's other options cuz 100,000 bucks a year and that's a lot of work. That's a lot of commitment for 100,000 bucks a year. You can make more money doing other shit. But what what do the guys in in the G League make? What do the guys that play in Europe make? What do the guys Those that are, play in China? The guys make? in the G League, Mikey. 
The G League is the open mic of the NBA. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we still can't get in. You were in an open mic. You saw the delusion run going around that place. Those guys in the G League think that they're going to work their asses off and be the next LeBron. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. But they're still their reality is that they're still playing at that level. They're still well, they're playing. Right. That's what makes them delusionally crazy. <laughs> no, but Adam, you're missing the point. Your the argument is that people would turn down the opportunity to play uh, uh, professional sports for a regular amount of money or even let's not even say regular a hundred thousand dollars in a lot of places is a pretty nice living it's Six more than figures, the median income for sure right. so i guarantee you guys that are like the eighth man on a team in china and there are american players that played in college that play overseas for oh, that yeah. kind of money they still do it they didn't they didn't stop playing basketball to go get a job at a car dealership yeah. Because it's it's kind of their best option too, though. That's that's the thing, right? It's kind of it's to say that they could just pivot. Uh, they probably didn't finish, you know, school. They probably didn't dedicate themselves to learning many other skills. So of course, right? They're gonna These are the middle off. of the road. Yeah. So it's like so those guys in China, those American players or whatever they in China, they're essentially the person who is 45 years old and still doing the open mic because they don't know what else to do. And while they are more yeah. successful than the 45 year olds that are at the open mic, it's kind of all they got. Right. Otherwise they'd be working, you know, at a department store. Like they literally are like, but they're I don't making have a living. In- they're making a living. The guy at the open it, mic is not a not- passion. Those guys aren't passionate about it. No, No, I don't think this is the most amount of money that they're going to be able to make that. This is their best option versus versus, you know, working as at a regular job. These guys aren't the overachievers. If LeBron James, if he wasn't playing basketball, he'd probably be the CEO of of a company. He wouldn't waste his time trying to become a professional basketball player because it wouldn't net him anything else. I mean, we're living this is a fantasy argument anyway, because the best basketball player in the world would just be fucking world famous. So it's like, it doesn't matter. Like if they're getting paid a hundred thousand or, or 75 million, because they'd have endorsement deals on the side worth millions. Right. So and this the, is, the, <laughs> this the is, thing with it is Mike, like, do you believe, because the crux of this argument really aside from, yes, there is a fantasy element to it. Absolutely. Yeah. But the crux of the original argument is, Based on do all athletes love it? And I don't think they do. I don't think to be the best at something, you have to love it. And oftentimes, I think if you've had this singular pursuit of something your entire life and you reach like that mountaintop, I've heard athletes and fighters and pro wrestlers talk about it where you you reach that pinnacle and you're you're there and you're kind of like, all right, what now? You've you've accomplished the task. So it's a weird way Jokic is looking at it. And it is a very Eastern European outlook as well. It is. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Gotta respect that. Yeah. <laughs> very on brand. Yeah. For sure. Uh yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's a fair point. And Matt, maybe you are right. Like maybe they maybe there are guys at a at a high level that really love it. 
Like, I mean, I think, but I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. I guess maybe I'm conflating it too much because I'm, I was going to use LeBron as an example, but I also think LeBron is heavily invested in protecting his brand. Absolutely. Um, and by do, doing that by playing basketball. So that's a fair assessment, but. And LeBron's brand is, at this point, is he better than Jordan? Like, that's a big part yeah. of LeBron's brand. Best, you know? Is he the best ever? Right. Yeah. Whereas Jokic, I think, is so unbothered by the whole thing. If he wins, you know, another four titles in a row and then people are like, oh, my God, he's the greatest ever. I don't think he would give a fuck. It doesn't strike me as he, as he would. And I think that's that's a personality thing as well. But I, I think that the issue, and maybe I'm just looking at it from the league's point of view, that's got to be, that's not good for the league because I <laughs> yeah. th- we're, we're going into a territory. This was a Kareem problem, dude. Like, this is exactly why Kareem is not remembered as mm-hmm. as the guy that was, you know, again, in my opinion, still the greatest player ever uh, in the history of the NBA because he was not accessible uh, you know, th- a lot of his sort of like years of growth. Um, I don't think he was like very nice to journalists. I, you know, the people that were kind of responsible for covering the game and making myths out of these guys. Um, you know, I don't, I, Kareem was prickly and I, I think that the league didn't know how to market him and it's hurt Kareem's legacy because Kareem's got six championships Kareem was the scoring leader until the all-time scoring leader until this year when LeBron broke it. I mean, the numbers back it up. And he was one of the most dominant, you know, in my opinion, the the sky hook. He was the most dominant player up until a certain point. So, I mean, this is the thing. You're going to go into a post-LeBron, post-Curry NBA, and somebody's got to be the guy that kind of takes over. And... Is the guy going to be this big, ugly Serbian guy who doesn't seem to give a fuck that he's in the NBA? Is well, that is that what you're going to market? Let's go through the list, right? We have um, Jokic. Could have been Ja. Who seemingly doesn't care. It ja, should have been Ja. Can't, can't stop shooting guns. Yeah. Zion, who's out of shape and is, uh, you know has porn stars in his DM talking about, oh, you're, you've got somebody else pregnant. Yep. Um. So, yeah, that's a big O for three in terms of who's going to be the face of the league. So it's at this point, really, like, you know, because Curry is going to have to hit a down a downward trend at some point. Probably. I don't know. He's a shooter. So maybe he's got a little more time. But like your options really are Jokic, uh, Giannis, um, you know, if Ja can straighten his shit out. He's he could still be one of the guys. Luca, Luca. maybe. Yeah. Embiid. Maybe. Maybe. Um Embiid is just he's gonna he, his career's not gonna last long enough. Too many injuries. I uh, yeah. Doesn't it feel be. like it. Unfortunately. Yeah. So this is the thing. I mean, and, and this is also, you know, I, I think it goes nicely into the next uh thing we wanted to talk about with the NBA in general was kind of rating the season and and giving our grades for the season and and just kind of like what we saw, because I got to be honest, guys, I really thought about this hard when we decided that we were going to do this as a, as a topic. And I was, I love basketball. You know, I, I I really do. Um, The NBA, the, the Knicks matter to me so much. 
And I love watching basketball when basketball is great. It's such a beautiful, fluid game to watch. But I got to be honest, man. This was kind of like a not very positive season for me as a basketball fan. Tell us uh, why. Tell us more. So I gave I gave the Bear game the, your soul. <laughs> I gave the gameplay overall this season in the NBA uh, a C plus. Mm. I didn't think it was terrible, but I think it's trending down. Um, and I got to be honest, man, this was the first year. It's, it's been building to this for a while, but like the Jokic interviews after he wins the championship just feels kind of like the cherry on top of the fact that like now these guys are making so much money that a normal person who is a regular fan of the NBA, it is just starting to seem more and more that these guys do not give a single fuck about uh, being in the NBA, about playing the game. Like they're just rich. They're rich influencers and they just play basketball. Like, that's how it's starting to feel. These guys are sitting out games during the regular season. Load management is out of control. I mean, they have to figure out a way to get a handle on that because they will with dude, the next the next CBA for sure. There's there's going to be something in there. They're going to put some sort of language in the contracts where there's a, a minimum threshold of games you're going to have to meet in order to get your full salary. There's almost no doubt about it. Or if it's not full salary, it'll be it'll be like all NBA or 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 an accolade Which or something like your that. Next contract, yeah, right, 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 right. So and they have to do it, man, because you cannot have these guys sitting, you know, back to backs. You know what? If you're if you're if these guys are going to sit the back to backs, get rid of the back to backs. What? What? Why? Make the have season them? even longer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, or, or just like or or just like sh- make the season seventy games or seventy two games. Like you, we, they have to figure this out because the regular mm-hmm. season seems like it's not even worth it. And then if you have your MVP and your fucking uh, NBA champion coming off of the podium saying like, oh, I just can't wait to get home and ride horses. Like that's bad for the league. That's a bad look for the league. Um, it's also bad for the horses because Jokic <laughs> is a big guy. He's a big motherfucker. That's right. You know? Uh, but but here, in, in, again, I'm going to defend him again, though, Mike. The thing yeah. is, so I, I agree with you. It is frustrating when you see guys with max contracts or or close to max contracts sitting out 20, 30 games a year when they barely have an injury designation. Mm-hmm. That is frustrating. I also get it because, like I was saying, it's a grind and it's a hard thing for any human being to put their body through year in and year out. But in Jokic's defense... Yes, the press conference a bit underwhelming. He doesn't cut a great promo on the no. mic. There's no doubt about that. But you can't fuck with him. He's not going to be the he's not going to be the spokesman for Happy Happy Joyland anytime soon. <laughs> he's not going to be on commercials with Kevin Hart. Yeah, unless he gets this gimmick of not caring over to such a degree. Yeah, you also got to look at it that way. Maybe he just so much doesn't give a fuck that that becomes his thing. He's like, oh, I don't really care. You know, I want a horse. Yeah. But, so that's possible. But in again, in his defense, he left it all out there. He put on a stunning performance. So it's like he did give you all the other shit that the other guys aren't giving you. He doesn't sit out. He yeah. plays hard all the time. You know what I mean? So it's sure. like I, I do get I, this is why I'm so torn on him. Because it's like, how do you analyze this guy? He's he's the first person like this. That's a very fair point, Matt. 
and I didn't I didn't really consider that when I was trashing him. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I think the NBA has had like a, a long history of kind of building, you know, star building off of guys that are hyper competitive. Oh, know? yeah. Like, but and some of these guys seem more competitive now in pickup games like in the Drew League than they do in in NBA games on like a Wednesday night in, in November or something, you know, and yes. I just think it's like a bad look in general. And I also think, you know, attached to all these feelings that I had, the threes are getting out of control, man. Ah, um, the you threes. know, I'm not anti shoot threes, but I'm anti shoot 48 of them a game. Uh, I just think it's like, what's the point of of everything in between the three point line and the basket? There's like no real reason to. Like everybody's just gonna run to the three point line, even on fast breaks, just run to the corner and, and put up threes. I mean, that's not really that fun to watch. Dude, maybe maybe they could have like the no shot zone. So like you could shoot a three, but you can't shoot in between a three and the inside. So you either have to shoot outside or inside. We're changing no. we already changed the rules of baseball today, boys. Let's so, let's let's start working on basketball. Do you want me to do this now? Should I give you my my plan to fix this now? I, I mean, I we're mean, already here, baby. What else are we going to do? Okay. So, Adam's right. Uh, there's been rule changes in baseball, and the NBA has always embraced rule changes. They've changed the rules um, plenty of times for specific players. Uh, obviously, Wilt Chamberlain, before he was a dominant force in the NBA and nobody could stop him near the basket, you were allowed to just babysit near the basket, um, have your big man stand there and just let him dominate. Wilt was so good that they had to change the game. Uh, so a guy like Wilt couldn't just, you know, breeze into the paint and score 50 every single game. Um, and then obviously we had the hand checking rules. The NBA has changed a lot over the last, you know, 75 years. So now we have the three pointer being a big problem. And, People have floated some some potential ways to fix this, one of them being make a four-point line. But then if you make a four-point line, guys are just going to start shooting fours because uh, four is worth more than three, which is both Dude, of those are worth more than two. That's that's you know very, what this, that's, yeah, that's this sounds This sounds a lot like the Fed printing too much fucking money. Right. It's, and and that causing is, inflation. That is it's causing is. inflation. Points Over the short term, it's a solution. Over short term, inflation feels kind of good at the beginning, right? Everyone's got more money. Their money's worth more. <laughs> Everyone's having fun. They're shooting fours. Yeah, we're getting good and we're better because we learned how to shoot fours till everybody starts shooting fours. And then it gets yes. crowded. Then you have to have a strategy against the shooting fours. Now nobody's shooting threes because why shoot a three when you could shoot a four? Exactly. Fours become so a problem. Exactly. The next thing you know, we got fives, folks. Right. Jesus so, Christ. So that well, let's not start that as a as like a uh, just a, a a snowball right down the mountain because that'll be bad. So then they've also suggested maybe moving the three point line back, making threes harder to shoot. But that doesn't change the analytics that support the uh, the theory that you should shoot more threes because three is worth more than two. D'Antoni Ball still says. Whether we make these more often or not, the value is still higher. Keep shooting them. So what do we do? We take away the goaltending rule. Mm. Take it away. Completely. Completely. Goaltending no is allowed in the NBA. Now, 
that actually sounds more like Quidditch. Sounds a lot like Quidditch to me. (laughs) Next thing they're going to be wearing wizard hats and lightning scars on their head. Hold on. I'll tell you why this forces strategy into the game, though, because right now everybody on the floor can shoot threes, right? Centers can shoot threes. Power forwards can shoot threes. So everybody's a stretch and the middle is wide open. So now if goaltending is allowed, you have the choice. Do you have your power forward, your five? Does he guard the five who's going to shoot the three? Or do you have him drop all the way to the basket and have him cover the basket and try to send the ball back? What if they just move the three-point line back? No, but that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah, we're trying to avoid that because people will still Uh, shoot the threes. Oh, right, right. The three-point line's inflation. I forgot about that. And I thought about... (laughs) <laughs> I thought about also wiping out the three point uh the uh the three second violation for defense, but I think that might be a bridge too far. Yeah, that's definitely a bridge too far as opposed to goaltending nonstop. Yeah. No, but goaltending nonstop. <laughs> hold on, but that forces more action at the rim. You have uh, you to know, go man to man to get some of these baskets. When you start breaking it down more, because on its face, it sounds silly. It sounds like, uh, you know, you turn off goaltending in a video game and now you can just fucking do whatever. Right. But as you went a little bit more into it and you elaborated on how it maybe changes other aspects of the game and not just people jumping up and catching shots. Yeah. I could see how it could make a meaningful difference. But you could just I have mean, your big guy now. Standing right there. So how is anyone going to ever shoot a three? There's no incentive to guard. You could always leave someone open because because it makes more sense to just have a guy that catches every ball that gets shot. Figure it out, D'Antoni. This is a new rule. (laughs) Maybe you just have a certain number of goal tens per game. I, I mean, all right. That's a compromise that I'm willing to listen to. All right. (laughs) <laughs> let me let me do my rating. let me do my rating for the season because we did a we were we're doing great with baseball. I feel like basketball we haven't changed the rules yet. Okay, go ahead, Adam. We got to go back to the lab on that. Okay, okay, so I rated the season based on how much I felt compelled to pay attention because okay. you know I'm pretty tepid <laughs> about basketball. Yeah, so I'm actually going to go, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I do pay yeah. attention to it. Um, I like I pay attention to it more than I pay attention to hockey. But I'm giving this season a six out of ten. Um, and and mainly because I think that pretty much once the playoffs started, every storyline was kind of weak, especially looking back at it. There wasn't any like really interesting storyline. LeBron, like that whole run with just was nothing, you know, the heat had this kind of cool run and they just totally fizzled at the end. It wasn't even really competitive. Every team that you thought was good, just completely fell apart in He wins the MVP and then. Just, you know, Crip, you know, crumbles right afterwards. So On schedule. everything was just lackluster. Yeah, exactly. Everything was lackluster. Wasn't it, it just nothing exciting this year? Well, but you so did six forget out about of 10. You forgot about the scandals, though, Adam, which I, I graded as a B plus overall. Oh, as an A plus, actually. <laughs> you had the Ime Adoka scandal to start things off, which was which was a great way to start things off. Then you had Kyrie Irving's anti-Semitism. I mean, mwah, just wow. That was beautiful. Season? Tea. That seems so right. long. Okay. Ago. That was this season. A lot of drama. Uh, John Morant with the guns. That has, that's not even going away. That's a continuing storyline. Um, and then of course the most recent one, Zion Williamson knocking up a porn star, allegedly maybe 
Well, um, no, no, no. He he was dating a porn star who he said he was going to move her to New Orleans, and then he knocked up someone else, and then she uh, found out about it, and that which the, porn so star? Like, uh let me look it up. I mean, you got to ask. If you don't know, you have to ask. That's just like a guy thing, right? Like, there's just oh, no I'm, way. Like, what kind of not? What kind of fucking? You know? Do you think I'm not somewhat of an animal that I I can't just? I got to get a visual. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mariah M. Mariah Mills. Ah, uh, uh, yes, dude. Every time I hear a porn star's name of like a new one like that, Mariah Mills. Never heard of her. I'm so surprised that like. There wasn't a. There's not seven hundred fifty thousand Mariah Millses. Like how how is she like the one that sticks out? And how does she own the name Mariah Mills? She's well, fucking you, I mean, so common. Her, you just Google her. You'll you'll understand how she sticks out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, her 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 timeline is all Zion. Wow. Yeah, this is uh, dude. They're gonna much trade as- him. Listen, as much as the league is a little disappointed with Jokic is not caring, I don't know that Adam Silver too pleased maybe, with this. They're saying maybe he's this is why they get traded because of this. Wow. Maybe this is why they didn't want to pay them in college. Because look what these fucking dumb young guys do. They just completely fuck off. They make their money yeah. and then they fuck off. Why would because that's and, and that kind of proves our point a little bit more is that these guys got paid. They're not passionate about the game and they don't have the drive. I don't know. You got to have the drive. uh, I mean, I think Zion is a bit lazy, but I don't know, man. I mean, it's a lot of money. I can't imagine how much worse my mistakes would be if I had $30 million. Right. I'm taking a stance. My mistakes right now are bad enough. Because there's this whole push, and it happened to pay these guys in college. Now they're getting these; they're college athletes. They're making money for the school. I want to go opposite direction. You don't pay them for ten years, and so they have to. They live shitty. They they don't have a good life. But at ten years, they get the full value of whatever money forty, fifty, sixty, three hundred million, whatever it is, and we'll get to see some really good basketball. That would be. But they got to make it those ten years. They fuck off <laughs> if they start doing, you know, showing guns on Instagram and just be getting fat. Like they get nothing. So Adam is talking about literal slavery. It's not slavery. We're gonna pay them. We're gonna pay them. Just we're we're actually gonna be in support Adam of your Adam- of your. No, 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 Maddie. Let me finish this because we're gonna do what's what exactly what Mikey wants and prove him right. We're gonna pay these guys that love basketball. <laughs> $70,000 a year. And we're going to see how much fun all of them are having. Let's see how many porn stars Zion's fucking then with his $70,000 salary and his Toyota Camry, not even the sport edition. All right, you're winning me over. So what Adam is talking, in Adam's defense, it is more the textbook definition of indentured servitude. Yes. Which does have... <laughs> That's, uh, that is right. A long history of happening always in America. <laughs> yes. Um, to, to a specific class of people as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poor people. Who happen to, um, you know, primarily populate the NBA. So Mariah Mills no, says... Yes, yeah, I see where you're going with this. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Mariah Mills says, not sure why everyone thinks I was finessing Zion Williamson. He literally wanted to give me his money and spoil me. I never asked for anything from him. Stop pushing fake narratives. Men spend money on women they like. Simple, not rocket science. 
So hmm. if we use Adam's system, this would eliminate the problem Zion is going through right now because any uh, any woman that is, you know, with an athlete uh, is not going to just stick it out for 10 years on the hopes that it's all going to work out eventually. No, now, right, but... Now, if I was going to kind of push back on what Adam was saying, do you know how many luxury brands would probably go out of business if we waited to pay these athletes? <laughs> it would just shift. It would shift older. You know, none of these young kids pushing pushing other shit to the young kids. Maybe. I will say, yeah, and I mean, I don't know, it's difficult because I'm all for everybody making as much money as possible as soon as possible. I, if I was a professional athlete, I never would have uh, made it this far in life. There's, there's simply no doubt about it. Um, I would have been dead by 25 for sure. So what is the solution here? I don't know. Cause in baseball guys don't get paid till later on in life. And everybody talks about like how shitty that is it, in football. Is. Most guys are out of the league before they make real money. Yeah. Um, in hockey, I don't think they really make that much money. Uh, I, I mean, I think there's something to the point that these guys are like, I, I, I felt this way for a while. The NBA now, it feels like all the big stars are kids. They're, well, that's they're also under 25. We're getting older. We're, no, we're getting, I know. But yeah, but you know? I mean, <clears throat> like if you look back at the nineties, it was sort of like the way all those guys carried themselves. Yeah. They were all adults, you know? Like and maybe that was like a trickle down effect from Michael Jordan just being kind of like a a businessman at all times. But like go back and watch the last dance, dude. Like every single guy is wearing a suit uh after the game. Like they're all they're all taking press conferences wearing like uh, you know, dad clothes, they have mustaches, they're like it's just different. Like they're yeah. I don't know hairlines at 24. Yeah, they they look like men, like like adult grown men. And, you know, I don't it's not really the case right now. They're like all the 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 younger the players that are skewing younger are kind of like, you know, I think they look like kids. uh, That's a like a society wide kind of thing, though, because like nowadays you'll see a guy with with gray hair wearing Jordans. Yeah. You know, it's just like nobody wants to grow up. You see grandfathers who are out here skateboarding streetwear. Yeah. Yeah. Skateboarding to work and just doing the most, you know, people are in their 60s still getting more tattoos. Yeah. It's like, you know, nobody (laughs) wants nobody wants to grow up. Yeah. So I don't know if there's an answer. I think it's just this is the way society is kind of going. Um, But Matt, do you have any grades that you want to throw out there? Um, yes, I'm going to grade, uh, from a scandal perspective, as you said, Kyrie, Ja, uh, Zion. Did we miss anybody? Well, like uh, I said, Ime, that was a big one too. Yeah. And, and then you can kind of count let, Durant. That's not Durant, a scandal, but it's not a scandal. It's just, you know, Durant being Durant. Right. Um, <clears throat> And then you have the the softness. The one one thing that I don't like about the league. So I'm, I'm giving it a plus scandal. I'm giving <laughs> it uh, C minus in terms of softness. The league is getting 
softer and softer and softer. Yeah. I mean, people people used to complain about LeBron wanting calls. LeBron has nothing on Luca. Luca's oh. crybaby antics. Luka Doncic is a coward. And <laughs> um and again with the tattoos, you know, granted he's still pretty young, but it's like it, these these people they, they, they what we're seeing happen, people are finding themselves later in life than they mm. ever did. We have this suspended adolescence and you're seeing it play out in real time with these athletes. Um so yeah, scandals A+. Plus toughness slash softness c minus and i give it a d uh as far as uh the anticlimactic ending one more point i wanted to make and this was in regard to Jokic. i the main thing i really don't like is how everybody is talking about they admire him for how humble he is I don't think humility is a quality worth admiring. And I think this is sending the wrong message to kids. I really, really do. You never have. You've always I've, thought humility was stupid, which I think, I've always found hilarious. Yeah, I think it's and I mean this. This is not a bit. This is I think it's real true weakness of character to just when somebody's like, you're great. And you're just like oh, me. <laughs> Little old me, I'm the best in the world. Not me. I couldn't be the best <laughs> ever. It's so dumb. And I think uh, we need to really eliminate this this sort of thinking. And why do we allow athletes who are objectively great to be humble, but we allow politicians <laughs> who are never good at anything to just run around talking like they're going to save the world and they're the best? Why is that? Well, that's uh, the existential question, isn't it, Matt? I guess I'll have to start a philosophy podcast, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen. Um, uh, again, maybe it's like an Eastern European thing. We we have a lot of Russians in our lives. I mean, uh, Jokic is not Russian, but um, uh, they they are not. I I don't know that it's humility necessarily, as it is just kind of like a well, general like. It's almost more like I think nihilism. sometimes I think sometimes when with people that are foreign, humility can sometimes be mistaken when it's just they don't speak good English. So they don't talk a lot. And you're like, <laughs> could be. Oh, they're so humble. They're not bragging. It's like and meanwhile, the guy's like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> what is a brag? I don't I don't know this. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, just wants so to go humble. home. Um, and a few words. Wow. <laughs> all right. Do we have anything else before we take a quick break here? Final thoughts, anybody? I've made my point. Okay. Uh, All right. We'll stick around. We're going to take a quick break. But on the other side, uh, we have one of our first football conversations of uh, the uh, Maiden Voyage of Sports Group. So stick around. We'll be right back. All right, boys. Football season is just around the corner. Training camps are about to open up. And uh, obviously... A big deal every year is who's going to get the cover of Madden this mm. year. Drum roll, please. The Madden cover athlete is Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills. Um, uh, the Madden cover also obviously comes with uh, the Madden curse, usually. Um, Matt, you had some thoughts on this. Yeah, the Madden curse, uh, it's not been active uh, 
as of late, it's I feel like when we were kids, you know, it, it was a who's who of whose career is over. Yeah. Um, you know, we had 2002 Culpepper, two, 2003 Marshall Falk, 04 Vic. He had the brutal injury. Yep. Uh, Le- the broken leg, year. I think, right? Yeah. And then, you know, didn't. You know, some other stuff happened shortly yeah. after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> That's right. Vince Vince Young in 2008. You know, his yeah. career never really got off to a good start at what, all. Was Eddie George? Um, was he O two? I think Eddie George. Eddie George. I want to say it was O one. Okay, because um, he also he he his shit got fucked up immediately after he was on the cover of Madden. Yeah, he might have been the first one. Honestly, I stopped uh, taking notes after Culpepper because that yeah. was like the the one of the more notable ones. Um, yeah, there's a lot of guys. Brett Favre in 09, you know, it took a while for the curse to catch up to him. Yes. But uh, hmm. it has Ooh. now. He's Well, you know who I have as the unluckiest? Do I get to, can I say it now, Maddie? Oh, yeah. Well, my unluckiest was Ray Lewis because he got falsely <laughs> accused of murder. <laughs> That's great. What a stroke of bad luck. <laughs> One day you're just a Super Bowl winner, Madden cover star. Next day they think you stabbed someone to death and covered it up. <laughs> Good religious man. Trendy, wearing True white travesty. suits. Yeah, uh, man. on Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, yeah. He Ray did Lewis that? is a good one. Oh yeah, Ray wow. Lewis has been all over TV. The, there's been a serious reclamation pro, pro, um, uh, project for Ray Lewis since 2000. What 2005? When did that happen? Dude, there's there's Some, that sometime that kind of there. thing that's going on with like that happens with a lot of these NFL players. Like Tio gets his own thing. Like, like Ocho Cinco gets his own thing. These guys that kind of seem like shitheads on the field, they kind of then try to spin off these side projects that like make them seem, they think that they're making them seem like less of shitheads, but yeah, they actually even seem worse. Well, we can't compare Randy, uh, like a- any of these guys to Ray Lewis. Ray Lewis is on, a, is in a class uh, into <laughs> right. himself. You know, well, there's one guy who is maybe comparable in terms of uh, some questionable off the field behavior. And he was the 2009 victim of the Madden curse. And that's uh, none other than Adam's pick for the replacement of Shannon Sharp. 84 Antonio Brown. He was. the Oh, yeah. 2019 victim. Um. But yeah, I don't know. Josh Allen already trending down a bit last year mm-hmm. after uh, Dayball left the Bills. Um, so I don't know. I think the the Bills went from being favorites to win the division again. And then after Allen got the cover, the Jets are now favored to win the AFC East. But Vegas is favoring them? No, that I made that up. That's oh, not <laughs> got um, it. Yeah. Well, did you see Bill Barnwell say that he thinks that the the Jets are going to finish fourth in the division? Oh, that's so crazy. Yeah. Such a hot take bullshit uh, statement. Yeah, and I like Barnwell, but I I mean, is he biased against the Jets for some reason? He's generally a pretty straight Sounds like he's betting. He's just betting against them to to go against it. It's, It's a take. Yeah, that seems silly to me. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I think that there's um, 
I, I, I don't know. I, I think that the Bills, you also have that issue with Stephon Diggs where he's not reporting to camp. Um, yeah. Uh, the Bills might take a step back this year. I mean, they kind of took a step so. back last year. They were supposed to win the whole fucking thing. But right. They, yeah. I mean, they, it's weird, right? Because whoever like whoever's the odds on favorite uh, at the beginning of the year in the NFL, it's like it's such a crapshoot because of injuries. So it's like, is a team really supposed to win it all if they're the favorite like that's how the math works but is that how we really look at it you know it's tough to say yeah but i'll be honest guys I, this is the the most excited i've been for football in a long time yeah because your jets got their guy yeah and it's i mean that's big, a big part of it for sure and like i'm i'm kind of rogers he's he's been on his best behavior since he's been here which has been nice to see because i thought he was going to come in and be a disaster um and like on the field, he still could be. It's possible, but he's been like fantastic with the media. He's been so good. So I mean, at least there's that. He's not being a fucking, you know, pain well, in the dude, ass off the field yet. He's in New York now. You know what right. I mean? He went from Green Bay, Wisconsin, yeah, to New York City. Green yeah. Bay, if they didn't have a football team, would we have ever heard of it? No, no, I still don't actually think it's a city. Like I'm like still convinced that it's just like the name of a a neighborhood like Chelsea. It might be, dude. Who knows? None of us have ever been there. None of us will ever go there. Never, never. Does it make sense? I could probably drive there. I don't know. It it sounds toxic to me. So maybe it's not even Rogers. Sounds like there's something in the water. (laughs) Yeah, there's a swamp thing that comes out and bites the players and makes them act this way. I don't know (laughs) what it is. But yeah, I mean, I would imagine Rogers, you know, he he is what also is working in in your favor, Mike, as a Jets fan, is we know Rogers is an all time petty guy. Oh, yes. He's playing. He's had a chip on his shoulder his whole career, so you know he's going to have a chip on his shoulder now. Yeah. After leaving the vaunted Green Bay Packers. Yeah. To come to the historically underwhelming New York Jets. So I mean, if we could do futures for our uh, Ratner parlay, I might pick the Jets to win the division. Really? Maybe I mean you'll you'll get good. I wouldn't. I don't think I would bet it in real life, but uh, you know. <laughs> of course not. Oh wait, that's no. I would because we do bet those picks every week. I forgot. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get we'll do that a little more once we get a little closer to football season and some of those lines do come out. Um, we yeah. can do a whole show on on that. We'll basically. do a contest. Yeah, but um, the other thing that we wanted to hit on football real quick um, was that Dalvin uh, Dalvin Cook got released. By the Vikings, I think it was right around the time we recorded last week. But um, yeah, he's on the free. Where were you when Dalvin Cook got (laughs) released by the Vikings? He's 27 years old um, and he's he had a great season last year. He's just out there. And I mean, this just goes to show you how devalued the running back position is in football. Um, And I don't I don't like it. I mean, I think analytics has helped the NFL in some ways because it was kind of like when we were kids playing Madden, you'd always say like, isn't it just more fun to kind of like spread out the offense and, and like whip the ball around the field. And that's true. But, um, there's also something awesome about, again, when we were kids, like 
having a feature running back who was like a fucking beast. Absolutely. Adrian Peterson, you know. Dude, back in the day in like the 02, 03, 04, 05 Madden era, you would do a fantasy draft and it's like – Sometimes a running back would be like the second overall pick. Oh, yeah. Danian like, Tomlinson. Ricky oh, Williams. Edger and James. Oh, yeah. Marshall Falk. It yeah. was a who's who of fucking killers. And I agree with you, Mike. It sucks that these, I mean, these guys take the most abuse of, of almost anyone on the field. Dude, and they're, they're getting- a, a lot of times they're the best athletes on the field. I mean, it's not every, there are running backs that definitely like aren't necessarily. Maybe you'd think about like a defensive end or a linebacker or something because they're just so big and they move so fast. But sure. I mean, dude, you just Adrian Peterson is always the one that sticks out to me where you go back and you just like you're we're going to go. If we end up having children, we're going to have to it's going to be difficult to explain to them what football used to be like, where it was just like, all right. Two out of every three downs, you just hand the ball off to your the, this big motherfucker and hope that he just runs people over and gets 10 yards. And a lot of the times, Adrian Peterson did, you know? Yeah, for most of his career, he, that's what he was doing. They're just, they're these highlights of him on the Vikings, jumping over people, running through people, running, juking people. I mean, he was unbelievable. And But he did get paid. Yeah, yeah. And the game was different. It's just we're not going to be able to see a new version of that because the game doesn't really support. That's not the way football is played anymore. How do you how do you think the game doesn't support it? I mean, how do you think? Are you saying because of the money? Well, two two reasons. Are you saying that teams aren't are, are just completely abandoning the running game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's like happening. You, you can basically like like the way you scheme now, you can get the same kind of production out of two different guys that like float in and right. out as opposed to It just to having, devalues the right. individual running back is devalued. So like and they, and they don't have longevity. So they basically dude, it's they're like, not going to get running backs are like like, you know, chickens that you use for cockfighting now. Like they have right. like <laughs> they have such a short lifespan or, where it's literally just like or cows uh, that you just raise and kill. Yeah. Like, you know, they're, it's they're, like, they're on the team for like three, four years and then you just cut them loose. And then they're, 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 it's career's become over an expendable position because I mean, yeah, shit. You have guys who are undrafted seventh round picks who they come in and the right coach, the right system, they become stars. And right. then when it's time for their second contract, well, why do we have to pay you? You right. are a seventh round pick. We could just find another guy to do that. So it's it's like Mike is saying the schemes uh, coming into effect, the analytics coming into effect, and then it's just the percentage of salary that is going to uh, quarterback and defensive end. You got some teams where it's like thirty percent of their salary is going to those two positions. Right. Yeah. It's like Not having even a just Russian... two positions, two players at that. Those. Positions. So I have two things on this. I think a the Vikings probably partially realize that they can't build a team around Dalvin cook at this point. They're, you know, half the way up shit's river and their team is going to continue to trend downward. So why pay Dalvin cook? So he gives you a couple of good years when you, you know, you don't even 
we're you're directionless. You know, you have no idea who you are. You're like some some people that we we know mutually on on uh, social media. <laughs> Completely directionless. <laughs> well, have no idea who they are. Who's, still who's, searching for answers. Who's the backup That's the on Minnesota that team? Vikings. The backup quarterback? No, the backup running back. Oh, Alexander Madison. Yeah, that guy is also great. So I yeah, mean, so that makes so, their decision a little easier. So the other thing is I do agree that it seems like we're shifting towards this phase of the NFL of the game where running backs are kind of seen as this plug and play position. But I think that also opens up, you know, the possibility that players are going to start figuring out ways to up their level, up the up level their game as a running back. I think defenses have kind of formed strategies against what was considered like the modern running back of today. So now running backs are going to have to adapt, try and get better, and then we will eventually see standouts again. So I think that's just how the game shifts and transforms. I I don't agree, man. I think I think it's done. You have to look at uh, in our so in our childhood there were feature backs. They were Curtis uh, Curtis Martins. They were Marshall mm-hmm. Fox and LTs and guys like that. And and they started moving away from that even when we were in like college. Like remember Chris Johnson? Yeah, the dude that mm-hmm. put up. He had like two seasons back to back. I think he rushed for like two twenty five season. Yeah, the, he he was this, he was like the best running back in the league for two seasons, and then he was gone. And my good friend. Yeah, and our good friend. Um, He's no longer a friend of the show. Also, Steven Jackson, uh, Peyton Hillis, Peyton Hillis, Todd Gurley. Curse. Yeah, yeah. Gurley had four years where he was the man, and then. This is the way it is now. I, I don't think that it's going to change. And I mean, I'm I'm trying to look at Derek Henry's like uh, physical stats. He's six three two forty seven. Jesus. So, I mean, that's huge for a running back. <laughs> and he's obviously the best running back in the league still for now. Um, but if he had to do his career again, the way things are going, cause he's probably going to be the last guy that gets paid as like a feature back in the NFL. Does that guy become a linebacker instead? Yeah. It'll be interesting. You to know? See. Yeah. Cause if, if your kid is, if you, if you are still allowing your kid to play football, in which case you should have your child taken away from you. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, we need, we need the sport, right? They so should all, need- it should just be orphans that those should be the only <laughs> football players. Just people that don't have any kind of adult influence in their life to guide them. I mean, you have to be insane to let your son play football at this point, don't you? Yeah, it, it's it's <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to make the case uh, to let your kid be anything other than the quarterback. Yes, that is a fact. Um, it's always yes. that that completely emotionally unavailable dad that's like, "Damn it, Janet." Let the kid play the game. He's gonna play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like he's oh, just yeah. trying to. He he wants to vicariously live through. Yeah, the kid. He wants That's the right. kid to be his star. That's about it. What were you saying? Yeah, Matt? it's. Why well, I was going to say, uh, you guys remember who that person was uh, in in your high school, right? Like I had that guy, uh, the 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 football coach, where my high school <laughs> football team was terrible. Mm-hmm. And the, the coach was also was. the math teacher, and he was super invested in the team. And there would be times where his he would just have his head on his desk for the entire class period. 
He would hilarious just, on a Monday. He would be distraught. And now the game was a Friday. So that means he had all day Saturday and all day Sunday to get over it <laughs> yep. and get ready to do your job and teach us algebra. And he wasn't capable. I see. Had- and I bet, and I bet everyone else that worked at the, like as kids, you're like, oh, okay, he said I got the game, but everyone that worked at the school is probably like, this guy's such a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, I, I've, I don't know if I ever told you guys this story, but um, like I, uh, I played football in high school. So I played freshman year, junior year, and senior year. Um, when I was a freshman, I was at uh, one school and then I moved. So when you I was took a freshman. Sophomore year off, huh? Yeah, sophomore year, I, I didn't play. Um, you had the juice, huh? You couldn't pass a drug test? No, I just, I had, a, I, Dude, had, I was having also, some personal problems. <laughs> 63247 there's no way that's fucking without some kind of something i don't know man he's a big guy but yeah um, how do you think you get that big <laughs> so um my freshman year i got to play uh i was a cornerback and a wide receiver and i i like i didn't play a ton but i i played a good amount um then when i was a junior i didn't get to play at all at the new school that i was in and then when i was a senior I started training camp uh, in the starting lineup as a free safety. And then some kid showed up and and clearly hit the juice that summer and had a growth spurt. Mm. And this kid showed up. He was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like 5'10", 165. And then he showed up that summer and he was like, he was like six foot, 200 Solid muscle. Jeez. And they were like, all right, you're the starting safety, Jay. <laughs> Congratulations, had- Jay. You've really up-leveled your skill. <laughs> you are now the starting running back. We had we had a coach, this guy, Mr. Sinisi, who was such a piece of shit. And he was uh he was a gym teacher. And he was he was such a dick all the time. Um and then senior night, uh is when you usually like if you're not good and and you don't get to play really they throw you in yeah. and you get you get to play that night and we were kicking the shit out of some team so they started throwing all the backups in so Sinisi who was the defensive back coach he was one of the defensive back coaches I was a defensive back he throws me into the game at wide receiver mm. you have to know the plays in football. You can't just go out there and run a route if it's not the route that you're supposed to be running. <laughs> I didn't play the position. He, but why he not, goes, Mikey? He, <laughs> I didn't practice. Why not just have fun with it. You're just. <laughs> this is your chance to shine. That's he's like I, you, Mikey. Uh, senior night, shit, uh, Johnny, and he's like picking his nose. He's like, you go play fucking running back or whatever. That, he threw right. me in, and he's like, he's like, Coscarelli, go get in at, at the Z receiver and and run the play in. It's like Texas West, whatever. I was like, Coach, I'm I'm a defensive back. He was like, What? I was like, I was like, I'm not a receiver. He's like, get in there, go. He had, uh, he had tape, <laughs> dude. He had I tape love of you from freshman year. You know, he yeah, had, right. Uh, when you were a two way player, he's he saw something. Right, there was a lot of I tape. Lo- I of love me the, from freshman year. <laughs> I love the coaches that can never turn it off. Like instead of admitting they're wrong, they just double down. They're like, damn it, soldier, he you just get your ass yeah. in there. It's like. But coach, I have a broken leg and I'm dying, and my wife just killed herself. <laughs> you fucking pussy, get in there, dude. There was no. Uh, it was raining that night, so the field was muddy. The first play I remember, I pl- I got two plays in, and then they pulled me, uh, obviously because I didn't know what I was doing out there. But the, they, um, 
the first play, uh, I just I went to like I just I was like I'll run over the middle I guess fuck it I <laughs> I just like ran over the middle and then the second play I slipped on the mud and I I went to just like I was like I think this is a running play let me try to block this guy so I tried to reach out to get his shoulder pads and I grabbed his jersey if the ref had seen it I would have gotten a, a, a holding call I just pulled the kid down in the mud and then they just pulled me out of the game I was like this was bullshit this was my senior <laughs> night experience. Playing in a uh, playing a position, I don't even know how to play. You might as well throw me in at fucking you know D tackle. It didn't make a difference. Mm. I was so mad, Damn. and that's how it. That's how your athletic career ended. Yeah, I, I was not happy about it. Man. Then I then I found stand up comedy. Lucky me. Well, listen, kids, it gets better. That's the moral of the story. Yeah. All right, uh, shall we do our parlay and get out of here? I think yeah. so. I've got a hot one. All right. Um, it's the Howard Ratner no chance parlay, no shot parlay. Um, last week I hit. I know Djokovic won the French Open. So I know, man. I saw that. He's he's now the greatest golfer of all time. His war is the tennis highest. player. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited to just talk about his war that yeah. I mixed up. Sports that I don't watch. It happens. What are you going to do? Oh, man. But yeah, I saw that. He won the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, Matt, what do you got this week? This week, I don't know. You guys heard the big news. We didn't discuss this, but apparently the world is going nuts. One of the great soccer players of all time, Lionel Messi, is coming to the United States. He signed with the Miami soccer team. Yeah. I saw mm-hmm. he's getting he's getting a piece of the Apple uh, money. Oh, he's getting these. Uh, he's, he's the Apple money that they paid for uh, whatever the, the MLS soccer games. Yeah, that's what I've I heard. I Apple Apple owns the exclusive rights to MLS, right? Yeah. So Messi, World Cup champion, greatest uh, soccer player ever by some people's estimation, mm-hmm. coming to the Miami soccer team now they're not playing this week and he's not playing till next year so why am i talking about this my handicap because this week the new england revolution are at orlando city soccer team okay now orlando's really (laughs) beat up recently they've been the target of ron DeSantis. Disney is moving jobs out of Florida, and now Messi has gone to Miami. So I think Orlando is looking at this game against New England like we got nothing to play for. So that's why I'm taking the New England Revolution minus 125 in MLS. I love it. I love it. Strong, right? And I love the rationale. I think it's flawless. Adam, what do you got? (laughs) Uh, so for this one, going to good old cricket. All right. Love that. All right. And boys, we're going to look at a match going on. I believe it's on June 15th. English, the English versus the Australians. And I'm going to bet on the player of the match. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Being none other than the incomparable... CD Green at plus twelve hundred. Just a side note. Let me get my ice cream real quick. 
You're what? Did did he just walk out on my no chance? <laughs> I thought it was going to take longer to get here. What are you saying? <laughs> did you just did you just stand up and walk out on my no chance pick? I told you I, my ice cream is here. I had to go get <laughs> for your ice cream. You pig. Yep. <laughs> Woo! It came. It got wow. here quicker than I thought. I well, heard it though. It's uh, Slayer. First of, the match. of all. First of all, hopefully you'll turn the lights off when you get your ice cream that you had to have delivered on a fucking Tuesday. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, I have to get the door, though. Hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, Maddie, Adam. how sad. How sad is this, folks? We're looking. First of all, this is about this is his full apartment. We're looking at He's He has a shared bathroom oh, in the yeah. hallway. This is it's about 400 square feet. He sleep that couch folds out into a futon. <laughs> Woo, we got some clips on the way. <laughs> Welcome back, Mikey. Can I can I explain my pick? Yeah, go ahead. You don't even know who I'm picking. My player of the match. None go. other than the, <laughs> the elusive, the incomparable, C.D. Green at plus 1,200. Now, when I searched C.D. Green on the internet, the first result was a hot couture fashion house, <laughs> which I think... <laughs> thoroughly explained his odds at plus 1200 right what also the other thing that i found crazy about cricket is and i guess this is the same thing with soccer but it seems like it's it's more prevalent here because cd green he's on the australian team but he was also playing for an afghani team i believe at one point really do you imagine just like you're you know you're you're english you're australian and then you're also it's like it's such a mix of of cultures then you're mixing with you know the Afghanistan team. Very confusing. Yeah. All Sounds right. Sounds like espionage. Well, I'm taking it to the world of college baseball. Uh, did you guys happen to see this the other day? Stanford. This kid Quinn Matthews. He's a left-handed pitcher for Stanford. He threw 156 pitches against Texas. Whoa. 16 Damn. strikeouts. Uh, they won 8-3. Uh, and uh, the kid, there was a, a clip at the end of the game where the kid told the manager uh, of the team, he said, "There's, I'm not coming out. I'm, I'm finishing this game. I'm getting this last batter. Uh, I'm not coming out of the game, so don't even bother. And the manager was like, all right, uh, go ahead. I'll let him in. I'll, 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 uh, I'll let you pitch. So that is why... I am picking Stanford against Wake Forest. Mm. Stanford is plus 170, Saturday, June 17th. That's at 2 p.m. if you want to watch it. Um, but you're getting plus odds for a team that's just, you know, I love a manager that just lets these motherfuckers go. Here, here's the quote. I told them I was good to go and they weren't going to get the rock out of my hand. That's some balls. I think Stanford's going to win the whole thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> so for that one move, you you he's earned your complete and total respect. I would like I want this kid on the Mets. Draft him right now. Sounds he like could, you, he, you and him he could, could pitch you, for you the want team him to tonight. be your best friend. He could he could pitch for the team against the Yankees tomorrow. Get him get him up here. <laughs> Sounds like he's gonna have Tommy John sooner than later. But hey, it's <laughs> it's better to get it out of the way yeah. the younger you are. That's right. 
Maybe that's uh, part of his strategy. <laughs> Matt, you want to add up the odds here? Yeah, so I got this in our parlay machine here, our um, proprietary software that we use here on the podcast. Yep. So we've got minus 125, plus 170, and then the very large plus 1,200. So a $100 bet is going to net this podcast a total of $6,218. Wow. Lock it in, boys. Wow. One step closer to having to never do any business with the Saudis again. <laughs> and let's think about this. We got one and, and we got one no chance per week. So that means that you're spending, if you spend a hundred bucks a week, that's 5,200 a year. So if we keep making ones with these kind of odds and all you got to do is hit one and you're up, baby. That's true. Yeah, that is degenerate and thinking, but it is correct. You know how it goes. It's like sometimes, you know. But it should. That's how it, we want that kind of thinking. Oh, Our of course. should think that way. No, you should do it. I'm, you guys should do it. I'm not saying don't <laughs> do it. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> do you want to be rich or do you want to just be basically what average. it comes down to? Main character energy or NPC? Okay. That's right. Which that's one right. are you? It's so true, Matt. All right, boys. Well, as always, it's been another fun episode of Sports Group. Folks, if you want to follow us for more content, you can find me on Instagram and all social media at Mike Coscarelli. And I'm at Matt Lejeski. And I'm at It's Adam Foster. And until next week, thanks for listening. Bye.